Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by St. Croix Rods, the best rods on earth, and their virtual and in-person customer appreciation day coming up next Saturday, June 19th, with performances by Joe Booker and the Top Raiders and UMG recording artist Travis Denning. It's all happening at the St. Croix Factory in Park Falls. Details at stcroixrods.com. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will join me in just a bit, and today we take a close look at Lake Michigan with reports on stocking and fishing for trout and salmon, plus advice for catching smallies on Sturgeon Bay. So stay right there. It's time now for the Madison Outdoors Report, and you get this feature each and every week at this time on WTSO, the Big 1070, and on our podcast, which you can download at any time and subscribe to on LakeLink, on iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us once again is pro-angler Duffy Cup. Well, Duffy, uh, we had a little heat wave this week, and uh, I imagine that's impacting the fish. It's, uh, yeah, it's not good. In fact, uh, the water that I was on today, there were spots where the water was already 78 degrees. Oh, my. That's not helping for this time of year or any, you know, because uh, especially in a Madison area, if you get 80 degrees surface temperature, uh, musky season is done until that's cooled off. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, we need a cold front. <laughs> we need about a two-week cold front now and a lot of rain. Yeah, I was wondering about that. It's, I mean, you musky guys must be really hurting uh, because uh, the fish weren't biting when the season opened, and uh, now all of a sudden it's so hot that you don't want to be fishing for them. Uh, yeah, the whole the whole thing, even with the league and everything, you know, the, the experienced guys on the Madison Lake, there's there's not a lot of bragging going on because there's really not, nothing to talk about as far as the muskies go. Uh-huh. Uh, if you can get on, whether it's Mendota or Monona or Borwa Beza, and find a, a rock hump in deeper water and stuff like that, and throw on a drop shot rig or a Ned rig, or throw out the slip bobbers with a leech on it, you know, you're still going to catch those smallmouth and some of the largemouth, stuff like that, but uh, it's 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 really been tough. My last time out on Mendota, I did locate a couple of beautiful 35-inch uh, pike, which they're not huge, but for right now, that's, that's pretty darn big, uh, and, and a couple of bass. Uh, I did see... I did this about a week ago now. I did see on the Middleton end, in anywhere from seven to nine feet of water, you've got some pretty heavy weeds there. But if you can find areas where there, you know, there's a circle of five, five feet around and stuff like that, there were all kinds of perch in there. Ah. A lot of perch in there. Like okay. Well, that should attract the pike as well, and maybe a muskie or two. Yeah, I mean. Pike and muskie, to be real honest with you, Dan, with the research that's been done, there's such a small percentage of their diet uh, is, are those fish, the high, what they uh, consume in rough fish yeah. because of the high fat content. Uh-huh. I mean, if they're starving, they're going to eat a bird. Where you got one struggling both sides, you know they're going to take it. Yeah. Uh, I did see uh, on Facebook a guy that caught a 52 on uh, six-pound test line. He's 
he was crappie fishing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy, I hope he had his drag set right. Yeah, well, he must have. I mean, how else? How yeah, could, either how could that you? or he scripted, scripted out. Yeah, or you uh, you net it before it knows it's hooked, you know, or yeah. before it lets go of the crappie. Yeah. Wow. Well, I don't, I, I'm guessing he didn't have a musky net in the boat. No, I would think not if you're crappie fishing. Well, um, water, yeah. The water is low. I'm up, I'm up in Winnicani right now. Yeah. Uh, up on the Wolf River, and the water is a good foot and a half lower than it usually is this time of the year. Uh huh. Uh, that, and that eliminates some of the spots, uh, some of the riprap walls and stuff like that that I normally work. They're not going to be any fish there because there's just not enough of those racks being covered by the water to make it viable for smaller fish to come in there so the bigger fish come in to feed on them. Yeah. So this week's going to be a little another challenge uh, to try and locate some fish. Wow. Okay. Well, um, back to the Madison chain. Um, is the water pretty warm on Monona and, Monona and Wabisa as well? Well, warmer than it usually is this time of year. It was... Uh, there were a couple of spots where it was 72, mm. and that was uh, a few days ago. So, with, you know, with the with the high skies and everything that we've had, and the bad part about it is most of those days were pretty windy. Yeah. And when that wind boils up the water, that actually sends the heat deeper into the the water column too. You know, if it just stayed in the upper six inches or so, it wouldn't be so bad, but. It's working its way down. Wow! So that actually could uh, it could uh, result in hot water right down to the thermocline, or warm, very warm. Well, water. I don't I don't think it would get down thermocline, but you know, if it gets down four or five feet, that that changes the dynamics of of the fish that usually would come in relatively shallow to feed. Uh, you know, like the walleye. Now, you can catch walleye in the weeds in relatively shallow water, but if that three feet or four feet of water is that warm, I don't think they're going to be coming in. Yeah. So what are you targeting over there on the wolf? Well, this is a place I've been coming up here. My dad started bringing me up here when I was really young. Uh, the place I'm staying at is a place called a landing. Uh, it used to be called Tons way back when. It's gone through about four different owners. It's really a nice little place and relatively inexpensive, uh, easy. They've got a place here to launch your boat. You don't have to go to a boat launch and do it. Uh, and it's really nice, and the people that run it are really nice. And uh, today, I know that the beer is cold inside, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and that's right there in Winnicani? Yep. It's right in Winnicani, just up from the Fin and Feather, just past the bridge. Uh to do that, and just so you know, I've got uh, the Wisconsin Youth Muskie Championship coming up uh, uh, this weekend, and uh, so if you see a bunch of boats out on the Madison Lake and they're muskie fishing, that's what's going on. Ah, okay, and uh, they're going to be dealing with hot water too, and uh, that might put a damper on it. There may be, that may be the upper limit by the time we come, uh, and if that is the case, then I think what they're going to do is they're going to switch and make it for uh, pike. Uh-huh. Okay. So, they've always got a plan B. Yeah. Now, would those kids change their tactics? I suppose you'd hit uh, a different lake then, right? 
Uh, no, I, I, I'd stay, well, they're good. You really don't have a lot of choice. You either have to be on Monona or you've got to be on Wabisa. Uh. Uh, both lakes, I have had some success in certain spots, and I certainly will check those spots out. Uh, one of the spots that I had two years ago before the COVID thing came in, the kid in my boat, uh, he caught a, he caught a really nice, nice, uh, northern in there, and there was, there was only one muskie caught in that youth championship, so the, the, the northern pike took second place. So he, he got some hardware to take home with him. Yeah, nice. Okay. Well, um, and any other events coming up besides the youth uh, tournament? Uh, we've got uh, the 24th and the 25th up on Lake Winter, just east of uh, Hayward. Mm-hmm. Capital City uh, outing up there. It's the 37th Billwood Billwood uh, uh, Musky outing. That really is a fun time. That's that really is a thing. Bill was uh, one of the kind of the leaders in the state of Wisconsin on releasing fish, and he's in the, uh, the Freshwater Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. Okay. And where do you guys stay when you're up there? We have connections, uh, Dan. <laughs> the guy, we use, uh, we use his house uh, right on Lake Winter. Uh-huh. Uh, we just said, guys, go ahead and use it, no problem. Nice. There are some small places up there. There are no hotels or motels right in winter. You got to kind of check things out. Or there's some beautiful campgrounds near near winter also. Yeah, yeah. That's why I asked. If somebody I... wants, if somebody wants to sign up, just go to uh, capitalcitymuskiesinc.org and all the information's on there. Uh-huh. And it's relatively inexpensive. So. All right. If you, if you want a want a situation, come on up and join us. All right. Well, Duffy, we're going to let you go. I try to stay cool. I, I know it's tough when you're out on the water, but I uh, hope the youth tournament goes well, and we'll talk to you again in a few weeks. Okay, Dan. Thanks. You bet. Uh, Duffy Cup with the Madison Outdoors Report, and I'm Dan Small. More outdoors radio coming up next. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Lawrence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need legal help, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham are open for business if you need help. Well, joining me now from Wisconsin Rapids, once again, is Jeff Kelmo. Jeff, uh, you had a rather interesting tournament last weekend, didn't you? Yeah, we had the, uh, I had the Minnesota Fishing Challenge uh, to benefit uh, Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, which is a addiction recovery program that uh, sends individuals through uh, 14 different locations in the state of Minnesota and um, walks through with these individuals for a 13-month program. 
and uh, it's all in- inclusive. So uh, they they enter the in treatment program and and they have their meals taken care of, their counseling taken care of, uh, their their daily needs met, um, and uh, and it helps uh, helps these individuals get uh, get clean from whether it's alcohol or drugs, uh, other addictive substances that uh, are really life controlling and 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 hopefully. The, the goal is that when they walk out of that program that uh, that they're the uh, the individual that you want back into the community and uh, this is really neat because this was a, a benefit for them and the tournament itself is kind of a sideline item what it really is is the fundraising side of things and in fact they gave away a boat but you mm. couldn't win the boat by winning the tournament you could mm. only enter to win the boat by raising a certain amount of money, if there's a threshold amount of money in order mm-hmm. to get a, a raffle ticket or more raffle tickets into the boat, uh, in uh-huh. for the boat. So, um, it was really a neat, uh, a neat, uh, program to be a part of. I was honored to be there. Uh, those that may not know, uh, next month I'll be celebrating 14 years of sobriety myself. So Wonderful. it was yeah. really, really cool to be, uh, in amongst, uh, folks that, that I could really relate to. There was a lot of, uh, volunteers there that were, um, still in the program. One of their, one of their jobs is to come and work this event. And, um, and so, uh, some young men uh, that were there, uh, that, uh, you know, just recently really walked out of, uh, desperation and uh we're there just enjoying sunshine and and smiles and prayer and and uh it was just it was really cool to see oh good wonderful well sounds like a great event and uh, they'll do it again next year I would they, they will yes yeah. so this was the 13th mm-hmm. annual so mm-hmm. um I, I don't know that i'll get a chance to go there it depends on what my schedule is for the sure. tournaments and stuff but if i'm uh, available i enjoyed i enjoyed doing it i enjoyed being there so i, I can't wait Oh, oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, we've been struggling with the heat, as everyone has, you know. We uh, we butchered a lamb uh, last week. We had some help from uh, an old friend. I hadn't seen him in many, many years, Tom Tittle. He's from Manitowoc, and he is a woodcarver, and woodcarvers need sharp knives. So the first thing he said when he saw my knives is, oh, these are terrible. <laughs> He uh, used his own knife to uh, to um, cut up the uh, the lamb, and he used to butcher deer uh, for folks, uh, you know, for hire. So he, I let him do most of the work. Shot a little video, and we'll probably put that up on uh, YouTube at some point. And we have a doe a goat who was due, and finally she had her kids uh, this week on Monday. And unfortunately, as sometimes happens. One of them was turned around and, and just wasn't coming out. So dead I had to call the vet for help. And by the time uh, he got there, the kid had died. And uh, uh, so we lost one. So uh, three years ago, she lost two little doe kids. In the last two years, her breeding to a super buck didn't take. But uh, she's got one healthy kid this year, and she's guarding it like a trooper, you know, because um, it's the only... It's the only kid she's got. So anyway, um, and speaking of babies, folks, I am seeing fawns everywhere. I would imagine you are as well. Um, wood duck broods, we've seen two here on our little dry creek. Um, so just pay attention when you're driving around and uh, out in the woods. And if you find babies, leave them alone. Well, coming up, 
DNR Fisheries Bureau Deputy Director Todd Collish reports on the overall trout and salmon fishery on Lake Michigan. Bill Schultz talks about smallmouth fishing on Sturgeon Bay. And we'll kick things off with Captain Dan Welch and his uh, regular report on Lake Michigan trout and salmon action off Sheboygan. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the ruffed grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Lawrence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land, 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. It's time now for an update on Lake Michigan fishing in the Sheboygan area. Sponsored by Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters, Condos, and Riverfront Store on South Pier Drive in Sheboygan and on the web at DumperDan.com and this week also by Harbor Lights Bar at 434 Pennsylvania Avenue in Sheboygan. They're on Facebook at Harbor Lights and uh, on the web at HarborLightsBar.com. Joining us once again, as uh, he does every other week in the fishing season, the open water season, is Captain Dan Welch. Well, Dan, how's the fishing been? Yeah, well, great. Well, what are you catching? Well, we're catching coho salmon south of town. We're catching lake trout also south of town uh, with the cohos. We run a, wi- a ri- wide spread of tackle from uh, top to bottom, t- 
covering most of the water columns, so we do catch fish in different depths while we're trolling. So, I mean, we get lake trout, we're getting coals, we're getting some steelhead, uh, rainbow trout. Um, but some of the bigger kings are starting to, to show up here and starting to get aggressive as the water warms up, and that's normal. Yeah. As the water temps get to the upper 40s, low 50s, the kings start turning on the feed bag, and that's that's been happening of late now. Yeah, when you say big kings, uh, what size are we talking well, the biggest one just came in a couple days ago, and it's on our Facebook page. You can check it out at Number Dan Sport Fishing Charters. But it tipped the scales, the king salmon, at 31.4 pounds. Ooh, boy. A giant. Yeah. That was a big one. Yeah. All right. Um, um, yeah, what else? Uh, yeah. Um, and then also, Zach and I went out the other day on the Rabalo, went fishing for a little bit, uh, just to go out and meander around in between my charter boats, and we uh, tangled into a nice 28-pound king, which is also on our Facebook page. So couple nice kings already. We had a 26 and a 25 come in yesterday, a pounder. Um, so there's some nice nice kings around. We're not getting big numbers of kings, but we're getting some nice ones. And mixed in with that, we're getting coal, rainbow, laker, like I mentioned. So good variety with a shot at a big fish, possibly a wall motor this time of year. So definitely worth uh, getting out here, here in June and July and, and giving it a shot on Lake Michigan. Yeah, okay. Are bait fish still uh, abundant out there? They are, they are. That's a good question, Dan. As we troll, uh, we're fishing depths of 70 foot of water out to about 180 to 200 feet of water. So anywhere from a mile to about four to five miles offshore, we're kind of scattered out. And same thing with baitfish, they're kind of scattered out. So we, we do mark them in different areas, pots of bait. Um, we have a lot of bait in the river right now in Sheboygan and in the harbor system. So you can see with the seagulls working the bait. And as you go up and down the river, the prop wash from the propellers kick up bait fish too. So a lot of bait fish around. The fish are running good in size, definitely healthy and plump, and um, plenty to, to feed on right now here on Lake Michigan. Well, good. All right. Well, our second sponsor this week is Harbor Lights. Uh, what can you tell us about them? Harbor Lights actually is a really unique bar. It's right on the top of the hill on Penn Avenue. It's across the river from us, but you can see it from our place. Um, it, they've been there many years. They have a great bar. Um, they're known for their famous, famous uh, uh, Bloody Marys. Uh, they're very good. They fill them full of tomato juice and vodka and a lot of food to go with it. It's a meal in itself. They're known for that. Definitely stop by, have a Bloody Mary at Harbor Lights. They also have a nice menu there. Great bar, great atmosphere, nice fishermen's hangout, uh, family atmosphere as well, um, and beautiful view, Dan. Yeah, you look right out the windows and you can see my place uh, sure. to the south, and then to the east you can see the lighthouse. So sure. and the lake, so very nice. Yeah, and they you, you mentioned Bloody Mary. They actually had the best Bloody Mary in Wisconsin at the uh, 2019 yep. Bloody Mary Festival. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so they're like I said, they're well known for that, and definitely a you know a place to check out when you're in Sheboygan. Um, stop at Harbor Lights, check it out. Stop down by us at Dumper Dan's, walk the boardwalk, the riverfront. Very scenic, very nice. A lot of stuff within walking distance on the riverfront. Yeah. All right, and they have a <clears throat> nightly fish fry, not just uh, Friday. Every day they've got a fish fry, plus uh, weekday specials as well. So, yeah. yeah, check them out. Um, they're in the area, and like I said, plenty to do and see. So come on down to the Sheboygan South Pier District and the riverfront, and uh, yeah, check it all out. So uh, and give us a call if you want to do a fishing trip. We do boat cruises, charter fishing trips. Uh, we have eight condos here for lodging um, at dumperdan.com. 
check us out, like I said, on Facebook, or give me a call, 920-377-1147, when you get a chance. All right, and you still got some openings this summer? We do. June is just about full, um, and we're well into June now, so um, I would start looking at the gear calendars and give me a call now for July, August, September. we got some awesome fishing coming up here in July, August, September. I have a few openings in June yet, but look at your calendar, give me a call, and uh, let's get you out here. All right. Well, Dan, thank you so much. Uh, we will catch up with you again in a couple of weeks. Yep, sounds good. Thanks a lot, Dan. Take care. You bet. Thumper Dan Welch with the Lake Michigan Fishing Report from the Sheboygan area. His website <clears throat> website is dumperdan.com. You can find him on Facebook at Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small, and joining me now is Bill Schultz. He's from New Berlin and also Sturgeon Bay, and he's an outdoor writer and seminar speaker who specializes in smallmouth bass. He fishes the waters of Green Bay and Sturgeon Bay primarily, but also hits a lot of rivers and streams throughout Wisconsin. He's a pro staffer for St. Croix Rods, Mercury Marine, Yarcraft Boats, Cedar Lake Sails, Jackson Kayaks, Bending Branches, Aquabound Paddles, and other companies in the outdoor industry. And since he caught his first smallmouth back in 1994, I understand, Bill has caught and released more than 24,000 bronzebacks, and he's aiming to hit the 25,000 mark this season. Bill, thanks for joining us, and welcome back. Well, my pleasure, Dan. Now, we haven't talked in a while, and I probably asked you this before, but why smallmouths? Well, you know, like many of us, I fished as a kid, um, which kind of, you know, a little slower in high school and then not much in college, and then you get away from it. And I got the bug at a brother-in-law's dad's resort in Hayward back in 1991 and got my first fishing boat in 92. And so in 92, I got, you know, got started. And um, uh, and I caught my first smallmouth uh, literally um, uh, the end of May in 1994 on Delavan Lake. Uh-huh. I was out for walleyes, caught about 100 undersized walleyes and about 14 of what I assumed were smallmouth bass, and I just thought they were great. And over the next three or four years of catching a few more each year, I kind of got to where that was what I loved chasing. So probably since 1998 or 99, that's pretty much about all I I fish for. Uh huh. Yeah, they do. Uh, they do bite readily if you can find them, and they fight like the Dickens. Um, you know, a lot of people believe that pound for pound, they're the fightingest freshwater fish we've got. Uh, I won't argue against that. Um, yeah, they're a great fish to catch. Uh, well, they really are, and I, I think they're, I mean, not to sound goofy, but I think they're very pretty fish. Yeah, they and are. As fish, go, as fish go, they're not too smelly or slimy, which I kind of like. Yeah. So I've not lost my interest, and if anything, my interest has continued to grow, grow each year. Yeah. Uh, have you ever eaten one? I have not. Wow. And, um, wow. <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of happy 
sort of like the fact that when we got our first cat, I read about declawing and I decided not to do it because I didn't think it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And fortunately, I don't have to look back and say that I uh, didn't eat one. Now, that's not to say, I know years ago I stayed overnight at a friend's uh, cabin on, on Riley Bay up there. Mm-hmm. He still lives there, a retired uh, firefighter. And for some reason, I think what he served me one night may have been some deep fried small, smallmouth fillets. So uh-huh. I guess I can't say 100% I haven't eaten one, but not one that I personally caught and killed. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, most anglers do release bass, uh, certainly bass anglers do, and even anglers who catch them incidentally. I grew up fishing uh, Lake Erie for smallmouths uh, with my dad, and boy, it was catching fillet back in those days, and we ate a lot of them, you know, um, along yeah, with... Yeah, and the- I think that, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, you're right, Dan, I think that, the, I know that, you know, because I've been very close to the DNR and, and uh, Sturgeon Bay, and been behind... Uh, three public smallmouth meetings the last four years in October, uh, I do know that they think about 10% of the smallmouth caught up there are harvested. Um, I think with the perch population coming back up there, that may take care of some of the locals that were keeping them. We still have the tourists that do, and it's, you know, and I guess my feeling is, you know, keep the 13, 14 inches, but please, it's always uh, upsetting to many of us when we see, um, hear the stories of the 18, 19, 20-inch fish that get killed by the, you know, the family that's out, you know, out fishing. Them. Yeah, yeah, or the or the seven or eight pounders, the occasional ones that size, yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, it's funny, I've, I've obviously caught and released a lot of smallmouth bass, and to be honest with you, going into last year, I really thought, you know, I'm not going to get that seven-pounder. I mean, I've got a fair number of six to six-and-a-half, and, a half, and I, I happen to have been on November 7th, uh, last year, beautiful day, uh, fishing very close. He came in after I was there to my friend Dale Stoshine, and Dale, a uh, well-known Hall of Famer, oh, yeah. uh, took him 20, 27 years oh, my. to get his first seven plus. Yeah, and there was Dale, thirty yards away, and I. There was my twenty-one and a half inch, seven and a quarter pound smallie um, on November seventh last year, and I held it up and I yelled, Dale. My first seven pounder. Wow. And he, um, I was quickly, picture quickly, quickly releasing, even though the water flew out of my hands. Literally, Dale with his clients were about 10 feet away. He goes, Bill, I wanted to see it. Oh. So, you know, it, it's not up there where the big, you know, there are still some very big fish. It's not a very common thing to catch. You know, once you start going over five pounds, you're not going to find a lot of those. So. No, no. And and that's pretty much, you know, you, you mentioned 21 inches plus. They don't get much bigger than that. And, uh, you know, they, they live in the cold water. They may live 20 years, but, boy, an old smallmouth is uh, anything over 10. And, um, you know, it's hard for them to, to, to reach that seven pounds. But still, an 18, yeah. 19... And that one was... That was 21 and a half, and I rarely even measure them, but what was interesting, on the exact same tube, 9 o'clock the next morning, after all my years of fishing, all of a sudden, there's my number two biggest ever at 6 pounds, 12 ounces, at one full inch shorter. It was a thought. What I, I, I pulled that tube off, and I saved it. Yeah. Because I yeah. think I didn't want to lose it after catching my two biggest 
of all time. Yeah, now that's yeah, that's a lucky beat. <laughs> so it is, it is. you've probably caught more smallmouths than uh, most tournament anglers who've been at it for twenty plus years, and yet you don't fish tournaments. You know, I don't, and and I have to tell you that I've become with the kayak tournaments being immediate release, and like the MLF tournament uh, immediate release. And, and a few more tournaments going to immediate release, I have much less problem with it. I'm just not a fan of, you know, for example, um, let's say a big tournament in Sturgeon Bay in the middle of May that fishing was tough. So all of a sudden, you know, in some shallow bays, you've got tournament anglers dead fishing. This doesn't happen often. It happens when water gets warmer. But I just assume not have the fish in a live well, bounced across two, three-footers, be in there all day and then brought back for a weigh-in. Yeah. Uh, have your fun, you know, use your accurate scale, take a picture, and I think with technology today, that's the way to go, and that's why I give so much credit to Gary Nolt and his Sturgeon Bay Bass Tournament, where they went to immediate release this year and got a whole bunch of, of the MLF Brecknell scales, and I have to tell you, when I found out, I had to put my money where my mouth was, and I sent a contribution to the tournament to help buy scales because yeah. Yeah. I, tr- I truly believe in, in you know, the catch and release and, and even for tournaments. Yeah, well, good for you. So um, what? Ta- how do you do it? What tactics do you use? Uh, let's, let's just take Sturgeon Bay because we can't hit every, every body of water, and that's a well-known body of water. So what's your strategy for catching smallmouths? Well, I, I'll tell you what it is. And I was, uh, you know, before my little trolling motor problem yesterday, um, you know, I, I did a five and a quarter, a four and a quarter, a three and a half, and a little bink fish. And, um, you know, I'm out with, um, this, I, for a number of years. I mean, I, for, for 13, 14 years, I've enjoyed swimming the Kalen's Lunker Grub. Um, uh, more recently, the recent five years, I have loved the, uh, Z-Man, uh, Finesse products and the Ned Rig, mm-hmm. you know, lighter jigs. Mm-hmm. Um, their products are, are finesse. They, they're buoyant, so they stick up off the bottom. They're TRD in Green Pumpkin Gobi. I can honestly tell you that about 98% of my last 5,000 smallmouth have come on wow. a light jig with a Z Man TRD in Green Pumpkin Gobi. More recently, I've been real fired up about the Kai Tech swim baits, the fat swim. Uh-huh. They're very, they're very fragile, and if you catch more than one or two fish on one, you're doing well. But I have, I yesterday the fish all came on. They're a little 2.8, you know, swam on a fairly light jig. I, it's those really are my three go-to presentations, and I did get a little bit fired up uh, starting last fall again with tubes. Uh, tubes up there in shallower water are tough because there's scum on all the rocks year yeah. round. Yeah. But once you start getting into deeper water, a two and a half inch tube um, is, I found out November 7th, 8th, and 9th last year, uh, those three days were absolutely phenomenal in 25 to 30 feet of water with a two and a half inch tube. And it was, I'm, I'm back on the tube bandwagon for, 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 you know, the deeper water. And I have to say that if we jump to rivers, um, uh, those things can all work. But, you know, you add in one more one more little lure, and that's the Rebel Teeny Wee Crawfish. Oh, yeah. A little one and a quarter yep. incher. Yep. It still is phenomenal. Yep. And so if you take all those smallmouth bass, uh, probably 80 or 90% over the 
last 27 years have come on what I just mentioned. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you can stick them all in a in a cereal bowl. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not a guy who's carrying 50 pounds of tackle. I'm a guy who, when I go in my kayak, I can take it in a gallon Ziploc bag. Yeah. So yeah. Great. Well, uh, before we let you go, advice for other anglers who want to target smallies? Well, you know, I think, you know, exploring. It's a word I use all the time. You've heard me use it. Um, you know, if you find a small river, most of them in Wisconsin have smallies. Get those waders on or get in your kayak and just explore. And look at Google Maps. That's what a tool that is now. And that's what I would suggest. And when you look at a Door County big water like that, which honestly can be very intimidating. Mm-hmm. I actually think, you know, if you, you hire a good guide, you know, once for half a day, and maybe you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that would be my advice, you know, do a little homework, uh, do do exploring, but instead of wasting time on, on bodies of water that are bigger, it might be worth hiring a guide and, and, and certainly... Anyone's going to Sturgeon Bay? I've got many friends up there. Are very good guides. I'm always happy to give some recommendations. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how do people get a hold of you if they want to? Well, you know, um, as you would expect, Dan, I've got a pretty easy email: smallycentral at gmail dot com. Uh-huh. And um, the other one I use is kayakfishingwisconsin at gmail dot com. Okay. Good. Uh, well. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, you bet. Smallycentral at gmail.com is the way to get a hold yeah. of Bill. And, that was uh, the best. Yeah, we got we got to move on, Bill. So thank you so much. Great, always, always a pleasure Thanks to so talk much. to you. Yeah, you bet. Wonderful talking to you. Thanks, Dan. Absolutely. Bill Schultz, a smallmouth yeah. specialist. Yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch. And uh, you can contact him at smallycentral at gmail.com. I'm Dan Small, more outdoors radio, straight ahead. Al's Goldfish Lure Company. Since 1952, we've been building great fishing lures like the Helgi, the 49er, our original goldfish, and more. Right here in Maine, in the good old USA. Perfect for casting, trolling, or jigging for nearly 70 years. From panfish to muskie, we've got a bait for that. Check out alsgoldfish.com or ask for them at your local tackle shop. Al's Goldfish Lure Company. alsgoldfish.com Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Lawrence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. 
If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Earlier in the show, Captain Dan Welch gave us his uh, every other week Lake Michigan fishing report for the Sheboygan area, where things are looking pretty good for anglers this season. And joining us now to give us a lake-wide picture uh, of the lake, especially with uh, trout and salmon, is DNR Fisheries Bureau Director, Deputy Director, Todd Collish. Todd, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, now, as I mentioned, Dumper Dan uh, reports every other week, and from what he says and the pictures he posts on Facebook, the trout and salmon picture, at least is uh, in the Sheboygan area, is in pretty good shape. Uh, is that true, lakewide? Yeah, we've been we've been we've been having a lot of good reports of fishing activity throughout the Lake Michigan coastline, and and not just in the open water as well. You know, the the, the Lake Michigan fishery encompasses a lot of different opportunities, um, and you need you know we've got folks that fish off of, off the piers, we got folks that fish off the rivers. Now we got folks that go on small boats in the harbors, and we've got folks in the bigger boats out in the main lake, and we've actually been hearing of success with with all those different types of fishing uh, throughout throughout this fishing season so far throughout Lake Michigan. Yeah, and how would you compare this with uh, recent years? Is it about the same or better, or or what? Yeah, initial reports have have shown that they're they're catching um, you know slightly. More fish than they have been in, in previous years. We, we've also seen an uptick in license sales. You know, so, so more people um, have been buying fishing licenses and, and getting out on the water, which we believe is just great. And you know, I, you know, one of the one of the really interesting uh, factors with Lake Michigan is that you know the, the the Great Lakes, the Great Lakes fishery is is not only just great for fishing; it, it's great for Wisconsin's economy. Um, and so when fishing's good, the economy is good along coastal Wisconsin and the entire state. Mm-hmm. The uh, Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin Great Lakes retail fishing sale, the total, you know, about $114 million annually. Wisconsin Great Lakes fishing produces about $185 million in economic activity, and the, the fishing sustains, you know, almost 2,000 jobs throughout the state. And um, so this, you know, this, this good fishing and, and, and really what we believe world-class fishing uh, in Wisconsin, and uh, it, it, it is an amazing asset to the state, and it's great that um, we're seeing an uptick in, uptick in 
uh, catch rates this year and and participation. Yeah, uh, Dan also mentioned. I ask him every week, uh, what's the bait fish situation look like? And he said, uh, well, this uh, this week he said they're they're scattered, but there's still plenty there, um, uh, plenty of food for the salmon. Yeah, we're we're constantly evaluating the bait fish. You know, that's a very important, very important component of Lake Michigan ecology in the community, and we do that in collaboration with a lot of different partners, federal agencies, other states, and um, you know, there's we're we're, we're always um, we always take a close look at the bait fish uh, population, and it, it is lower than it has been in historic years, you know, long historic years, um, but. But we feel that there is, um, you know, there there still is, and you know, there's enough bait out there to sustain the to sustain the current fishery. So. Uh huh. Would would you call the fishery stable or balanced, or is that not an are those not appropriate terms? Yeah, we feel that the that the fishery that the fishery is balanced. You know, there's we we, we constantly need to be. Um, Assessing that balance, though, uh, you know, we don't want too many predators and not enough prey out there, and so we're, we're constantly going. We, we evaluate that on a yearly basis, and we we assess you know the number of fish that we stock versus the amount of prey that's out there, and so you know we we, we feel that we're we, we we are in balance right now, um, but we always want to make sure that we're mindful of, um, of of the future balance to make sure that we that we maintain that balance into the future. Uh huh. How dependent is it on stocking? So the fishery, the fishery isn't completely dependent on stocking. Uh, in some cases, it's a it's a fifty fifty split. We've got natural reproduction of a lot of fish species out there. Uh, stocking is a big part, though, of of the of the catch success <laughs> rates of, of anglers out there. And so, and so that that's one of our management. One of our management activities is, is stocking, and uh, we, we actually have a management plan, a three-year plan. It goes from 2020 through 2022, and we, we engage literally hundreds of stakeholders in 2019 to develop this plan. And uh, we, stakeholders from businesses and uh, local units of government, state agencies, federal agencies, anglers, all kinds of folks uh, participated in this analysis and and contributed to the plan. And we 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 increased stocking levels uh, for 2020, 2021, and 2022 uh, for Chinook, Coho, Steelhead, uh, brown trout, and we also introduced uh, stocking for brook trout. So mm-hmm. we, we haven't stocked brook trout in Lake Michigan in a really long time. And, um, you know, that, that, that goes back to one of the things I said about the real diversity of anglers we have in Lake Michigan. We've got folks that, um, that some folks don't have boats and they don't have access to that. They want to fish offshore or off the river and the piers and the harbors. And, and, and brook trout provide a really good opportunity for folks that um, you might not be able to get out into a boat. So we started stocking brook trout, 50,000 of them annually in 2020. And we did it, uh, we'll be doing it again this year and, and again in 2022 and, and, and evaluating that in 2022. Now, uh, these uh, stocking levels represent an increase over what you've been doing for the last, oh, I don't know, five years or more, right? Yeah, so the, so we increased the amount of fish that get stocked in the Lake Michigan by almost 700,000 fish annually. Uh, for Chinook salmon, we increased about 400,000 by, by about 400,000 per year. We used to stock uh, just over 800,000. Now we stock about 1.2 million every year. 
Uh, Coho, we used to stock about 400,000. Now we stock about 500,000 every year. Steelhead, uh, Rainbow Trout Steelhead, we used to stock about 350,000. Now we stock about 460,000. And uh, brown trout, we used to stock about 376,000. And we stock about 450,000 uh, every year. And like I said, brook trout, we, we, we hadn't stocked those in years. And we, we began that stocking initiative in 2020. Mm-hmm. Now, you'll reevaluate this, I assume, after the three-year program and then determine whether to maintain it, uh, increase levels, or reduce them, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're going to, we're going to as you mentioned earlier, we want to constantly keep an eye on that predator-prey ratio. And we want to make sure that there's not too many predators out there for the amount of prey. So we want to evaluate that and assess uh, the amount of fish that we stock based on those those surveys and that analysis. And then also, uh, you know, angler returns and angler catches. So there's a lot of things that we take into account, and we'll be re- we'll be evaluating the results of, of annual surveys we do in Lake Michigan every year in 2022, and then reevaluating the three-year plan and developing a new three-year plan for 2023 through 2026. Mm-hmm. Are you still uh, uh, using the coated wire tag in the in the snout of salmon, and then uh, collecting the heads to see how many are stocked versus how many are naturally reproduced? We do, yeah, yeah. That's a very important aspect of our program, and we 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 really encourage anglers to to report those that they that they catch. You know, so if they if they catch a, a chinook salmon that's missing their adipose fin, you know, let us know. Um, we'll, we'll come and take the heads and, and do the coated wire tags because, um, yeah, that, that information is just absolutely critical to us to, to get a better handle on and better understand um, not only natural reproduction, so, you know, how many fish are naturally reproducing, but also where those fish are traveling and how far they're traveling and where they're coming from. Uh, you know, a lot of different, a lot of other states stock Chinook and, and they don't, they don't, they don't abide by <laughs> jurisdictional boundaries. They swim throughout the entire um, Lake Michigan and, uh, and Great Lakes system. So, so, yeah, that information is absolutely critical to us, and we, uh, we encourage anglers to, to, to let us know if they find a fish that, um, that is marked or tagged in any way, shape, or form. And the only way to know that is if the adipose fin, that little stubby, fleshy fin near the tail, is missing, right? Yes, yeah. If that, if that tail is missing, then that, that fish has a coated wire tag in it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, most natural reproduction uh, of trout and salmon uh, occurs in, in Michigan on the several streams uh, on the east side of Lake Michigan. Am I, am I right in that? Yeah, so they, they do have more natural reproduction over there, but we're, we're working on that. Um, you know, as, uh, stocking is an absolutely critical part of our management component and management plan. But one of the things we heard and one of the things we're really interested in is, is having a, a diverse management framework and a management strategy um, to uh, assure that we continue this, this world-class, you know, sustainable fishery that we have in Wisconsin. So stocking is one aspect of it. The other thing that we're doing a lot of is we're working on um, habitat enhancement projects here in Wisconsin on streams that um, are conducive uh, to, to salmon and trout reproduction. Uh, we're working with local angling groups to uh, um, uh to, to net pen fish, you know, so when we stock fish, they'll they'll hold those fish for about two weeks, you know, to decrease predation of birds. Um, and we're also enhancing our survey efforts. 
Uh, we're, we're doing some additional surveys uh, for alewives in the spring that we haven't done in the past, that, that what Angela's brought up is, is a really good idea, and we, we jumped on it. Uh, so so we're doing we're doing a lot of other really unique things to um, you know, be very comprehensive in our management strategy to to assure the continued sustainability of the world-class Lake Michigan fishery that Wisconsin has. So would you say the long-term outlook is good? Yeah, I'd say the long-term outlook is fantastic, and I, and you know, one of the reasons I say that isn't it's not just because of the fish; it's because of the people that care for them. Yeah. You know, I think that we have we have a spectacular, just a spectacular group of stakeholders out there. And like I said, whether it's a, a a charter business or just a general angler or a, or a bait shop or local units of government, you know, you've got some folks, communities, groups um, that are extremely passionate about protecting and maintaining the the world-class fishery that we have and they're they're willing to dedicate their precious time their money their resources and and i'm telling you, you know that there's absolutely no way that the dnr can do this all by ourselves and so so i think that um you know the, the continued future of the lake michigan fishery is bright in wisconsin and and it's in and one of the big reasons is because of all the amazing stakeholders um, that we have out there willing to dedicate their support and their resources to sustaining that fishery. And how can listeners learn more or possibly get involved? Yeah, so we, we maintain a website on the DNR, and we we constantly post, or well, you know, we, we, we post regular updates when we get, um, you know, creel updates, so, so uh, angler catch updates or survey updates, and you know, all they have to do is go to um, www.wisconsin.gov backslash DNR and then in the search in the search category just just type in Lake Michigan and the Lake Michigan webpage will come up and we post like I said all of our most recent surveys um, are on that page and upcoming events so if we're going to have any upcoming meetings to talk about any new strategies or anything like that that's also posted on that website so yeah the website's a, a great place to um, to go to get contacts as well. So we've got a variety of, of really fantastic um, fisheries biologists throughout Lake Michigan, and their contacts are listed on that website as well. All right. Well, Todd, we're going to let you go. Um, I appreciate the report, and it um, it's good to know that the fishery's in good hands, and uh, as you say, there are a lot of people, not just uh, folks who work for DNR, who are uh, have a hand in it, and uh, of course, a, a lot of anglers are very, um, very curious to know how the fishing is going to be this year, next year, and in the future. Yep, sounds good. Thanks a lot for having me on, Dan. You bet. Todd Collish is the DNR Fisheries Bureau Deputy Director, and as he mentioned, you can go to the DNR website and just do a search for Lake Michigan to get all the information uh, that we talked about and, uh, and more resources as well. I'm Dan Small, more Outdoors Radio, right after this. Al's Goldfish Lure Company. Since 1952, we've been building great fishing lures like the Helgi, the 49er, our original goldfish, and more. Right here in Maine, in the good old USA. Perfect for casting, trolling, or jigging for nearly 70 years. From panfish to muskie, we've got a bait for that. Check out alsgoldfish.com or ask for them at your local tackle shop. Al's Goldfish Lure Company. alsgoldfish.com Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
Outdoors Radio is brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And Cedar Lake Sales is open for business. Check out their website or Facebook page for details, and they've got what you need in stock for this summer. And don't forget, if you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need legal help, call Hupe and Abraham, named the best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal, year after year. And the firm has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. And in fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupe.com in all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa are open for business if you need help. If you missed an episode of Outdoor Wisconsin, you can watch any show from the past several seasons at milwaukeepbs.org. And, of course, our Deer Hunt show, the annual Deer Hunt uh, Wisconsin show, is on uh, the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. And if you missed anything on today's radio program, you can listen to us online all the time. Go to lake-link.com. They have the outdoor radio page. And you can download us and uh, take us with you on your favorite podcast app and um, wherever you go throughout the week. Appreciate you listening. You can follow Dan at Dan Small Outdoors on social media. Follow me at Hardwater Jeff. You know, I ran across a couple of news items that I need to uh, spend a little more time researching here. One is from the latest issue of the Rough Grouse Society magazine covers. Apparently, chipmunks are a major predator of woodcock eggs. Now, who would have ever guessed that? They they put video cameras on nests, and uh, the chippies are stealing the eggs. And uh, chicks are, you know, preyed on by a lot of uh, creatures, uh, both uh, birds and uh, uh, mammals and that. And they like to hide next to logs. They'll tuck themselves right up against the log, and that seems to protect them. And uh, I, I came across this NPR news story somewhere uh, that said wolves uh, in Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin, are using highways as travel corridors and they're keeping the deer away from the roads, and that's cutting down on deer car collisions. Have you heard anything about that? You know, I actually saw something about that on on, uh, social media as well. Mm -hmm. I I don't know that I saw the actual story. I think I just saw banter about it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, of course, there was a lot of naysayers and and things of that nature about it. Uh, It is interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting probably how they would even gather that information. I guess so. You know, that's kind of two different uh, sets of information there that you're following. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. The in in, in case of the woodcock, uh, of course, they put cameras on the nests when they find them, and they catch these babies when they're they got to be at least three days old, and they put these mini radio transmitters on them, and they have a um, you know a dead chick device or, or mm-hmm. uh, uh, program so that if the bird is killed, uh, they go in with a uh, with their sensing equipment, and they find these um, these little radio collars because they cost almost 200 bucks a piece. And uh, sure. yeah, so you don't want to lose too many of them. Anyway, Barry Delberto, he was on the show a couple weeks ago. If you want to meet him and uh, buy a copy of his book Brave, he will be at uh, Art and Craft Show at the Rhinelander courthouse this saturday for most folks that's today june 12th you'll be in iron mountain michigan and menominee michigan 
on June 27th, uh, 26th in Iron Mountain and 27th in uh, Menominee with autographed copies of his books at all of these events. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com and you can pick up a CD of um, his 12-pack of fishing song, Anglin' Wayne in the Trollers. It features our two theme songs and many more as well. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. You got a tournament this weekend? The uh, We've got the Mercury Nationals in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Oh, my goodness. That's a big one. Yes, sir. Well, uh, I hope it's not too hot for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, and everybody else, get outside this weekend. Stay cool if you can. And join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. Hey.